0: Have uh, a spread of topics to talk about, but not really. So
1: we can just kind of take it where we want to go. Can you say something, Adam? Just so I can get a. Uh,
2: can you hear me okay? From the uh,
1: back row, are you getting mediums?
2: Uh, oh, you're fat. I need to turn this up just a little bit. Ooh, mommy's getting down there and wait lately. I'm pretty is happy that, about that. Is that this. right? Yes, Dude, you're going to be killing us up the hills. I've been riding. I just
0: got my first KOM last week. That's cute. My first one ever. You know what
2: is fucking bullshit? What? This isn't recording, right? Well, we can keep this. This can be our intro. So I'm doing this TT sprint outside of track, okay? Okay. And I have a little bit of tailwind, and I'm just hammering on it, right? And I'm like, wow, I must have averaged like... 29, 30 miles an hour.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So I get back. I look at Strava. I don't remember
3: what I figured.
2: It I was going 28.3 miles an hour the whole way. Oh, okay. So okay. So I'm 29th. all-time 48th. <laughs> and first place averaged... 50. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hold on. I got to find it. Averaged thirty-seven point one miles an hour. Oh my God! Now there's another one.
0: How long is that segment?
2: I think it's uh, one and a half miles. Okay, so it's so it's not that bad. Now there is one other one where, all right, you got to hear this. This is just absolutely ridiculous. I was really hoping your time got flagged and removed. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was.
0: Ryan got a KOM last year, and no, no, he he's had it since 2016. Some guy drove up the road with Strava on and took the Good. KOM. And it, he, the guy's like, he's big. He's like pushing like upper 200s. and uh, He just left the Garmin running on top of his car, well, on top of the bike. I asked him, because I, I he came into the shop one day and I asked him, I'm like, oh, like, why did you, like, oh, how'd you get that KOM? Because I looked at it and he had to, his estimated watts were like 1,400 watts for like
1: <laughs> a, a minute. <laughs> so I was like, no, I didn't do that.
0: And I asked him, I'm like, like, oh, like, why did you, you know, like, like, how'd you do that? He's like, oh, I just left it on in my car and okay, just kind of just see this, if it worked. I'm like, oh, so you're not going to take it down? <laughs> it's kind of hard so to take
2: down, so believe it or not. Well, you can get so a flag. Get... Look, so this is the other one I did. So, okay. so 23. Now look at the top okay. time. Okay. okay. So uh, all time? Fees. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Look, three, at her, three minutes look at her average speed, 55.5 miles oh, okay. an hour. Well, that's doable.
0: Well, that's what happens, though. People Dumb. drive it, and they don't fly it. Is she
2: a pro, though? What does she got does a motor... It doesn't matter if she's a pro. Well, I mean, what does, she, what does she got led by a car, though?
0: <laughs> you, nobody's doing 55 miles an hour behind a car. Really? No way. I mean, I felt okay, like... Okay, the, the fastest you can motor pace at is like... Venmo, if mm-hmm. you... Is like 60K an hour, which okay. is like... Okay, so she could do that in like... And especially for a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no way. I would flag it if you. I don't know. If you flag want. it for me. It's How do flag you flag it? Yes. Uh, flag that. Okay. So that segment. Get me the Ride yeah, just, and it I, kept uh, running. I mean, Haha. She's even admitting that <laughs> <laughs> she just put it in her car. Um. I'll. will Let me see. Yeah. This. Flag that. Ryan, I think. I think I tried to flag something for you, and I don't know if I found it. <laughs> I'm just gonna message her. You. Are
2: you kidding me? <laughs> oh my! Is this well, it's is, just like this has probably been on here for a while. I was just riding just flat out yeah. for like seven minutes. Uh, I averaged like 23 and a half, uh, and I'm just like, holy crap. I don't,
0: I don't know how to flag this on. Yeah, I think you can flag it on the computer. Cool. I would do it on the computer, just like call her out. You can hide your name too. Do it as anonymous. Um, I, I got my first KOM, you know, and I only do, the, I only go for uphill ones because yeah. every flat one is just like. Uh, well, especially around where you live. Oh, pe- yeah. People
2: that work for track.
0: Exactly. So there's like that one little, like it's a 30 second hill up to the top of the park around the lake. In Lake Mills? Yeah. And Lake Mills. Where? At? Oh, it's like, if you're going around the lake on the like north side of the lake.
2: Okay, so it's um, over by like Lake Mills Market?
0: Yeah. Okay. But, no, no, no. But, you know, like, if you're driving towards Shorewood Hills, there's that park and, like, that little air yeah. pavilion. Yeah. It's across the street from that. There's, oh, there's, like, I know in, what you're that talking tiny about. Hill yeah. Up there. yeah, yeah, yeah. I took, I took it by one second. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, that was the first KOM I've ever got. I had one for a while. And, and I oh, had, had, like, saddlebags on and stuff. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I can get that, that yeah. thing yeah, under yeah, yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, okay. welcome to Bike Race Weekly. Welcome to Bike Race Weekly, your weekly destination for anything bicycle racing related. We keep it in the States and we keep it fresh coming to you. With the latest and greatest. That first
1: little spiel was brought to you by our friend Adam Bogstad. Our one of our first guest appearances. Yes, one
0: of our first. We have two guests in the in the room. One, uh, one being our friend Adam Bogstad. Say hi,
1: say hi, Adam.
2: Hey guys, my name's Adam. Yeah,
0: Adam. Adam might be chiming in from time to time. He's got to leave kind of midway through our podcast, so.
1: I'm picking that up, by the way. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. I'll mm-hmm. stop uh, playing with my bottle. Uh, we also have our other special guest, uh, Richard Gidry. I was going to say, do you want to keep your last name anonymous? But I, could, I, I called Adam by his last name, so let's just keep everybody. They still don't know our last name. Yeah, so we're, still, we're still anonymous. We, we can just go back and beep it out, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, edit that out of the podcast, yeah. okay? Take that. <laughs> okay. Oh, sweet. All right, yeah. cool. <laughs> it's, it's out. They didn't hear it. Yeah, okay. So yeah, um, our special guests this week, they're two of our friends, um, they're some fellow UW-Dub alumni, so it's awesome to have them in the building. Um, we're actually recording this podcast on the UW-Wisconsin, w- U- University of Wisconsin-Whitewater campus, so yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a little different, right?
1: Yep it's just a nicer room because yeah the reason we're doing this here is cuz uh the past two podcasts the audio has been uh really bad we figured out why it was really bad so uh say we fixed it this room helps really yeah, the, acoustics.
0: It, the acoustics the acoustics sound good yeah we're still we're still figuring everything out as you guys are aware you know we're getting in groove but yeah it's coming along and hopefully yeah. things get better as it goes but
1: all right, so our first topic. Uh, Jump right, jumped right into it. Well, I I'm gonna kind of uh, get past one thing. We're not gonna do a recap right now of Brooklyn no. or Red or uh, or Athens that happened this weekend. Um, they did just post today on Red Hook's Instagram oh. the last lap of the Red Hook race. Yeah, go check that out. Me and Rick were very close with our predictions. By yeah. the way, so
0: for being first time uh, predictors of these races, like we were, we were. I think I called two. And the so Athens are the podium? Our Athens podium's really were very close. I
1: called two people on the Red Hook podium. Um, I called I Iman called Lucas one. and Justin Williams. No, I, I think it was Alec Briggs that was on the podium. But those two were both on the podium.
0: Alec Briggs was no, 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 the no.
1: Uh, Iman Lucas and Justin Williams. I
0: so it was uh, I forgot the guy that won. It was, Uh, uh, I think, I want to say
1: it was like Filippo or something. Filippo
0: something. That's probably not right. It was Justin Williams in second place. We just said we're not going to talk about this. And then, then, uh, no, that was Alec Briggs, I'm I'm quite sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, Also on Specialized Rocket Espresso. But, yes, that was a really exciting race. Um, I didn't get to see the entire race, but I saw a couple bits and pieces of it, so it was pretty cool. Um, But, yeah, Ryan, uh, aside from racing, which we might get back to later, what do you want to talk about today? All right, so we're going to start off with our guest, Richard Goodry. Yeah, Richard, why are you here today? Why are you here today? What do you do?
3: Besides being friends with us. Oh, man, I, well, I thought that's about all it was. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, Adam's officially leaving the room here,
0: yeah. so bye, Adam. I'll be back, I'll be back. Okay. Oh, oh all right. Adam's coming back. Adam's coming back. We've been locked out of this room for the yeah. past hour so we're with an, all of our stuff inside. We're an hour late
3: on this
1: podcast,
3: <laughs> but anyways... Yeah, uh, I mean, what all? What all do you guys really want me to to talk about here? Well, really open ended. R- how what? do
0: you know us, Richard? Shoot, I, you know, uh, Ryan... we want our we want our audience to get to know us through other people. Yeah, oh,
3: oh perfect. And, yeah. and you guys are in for a treat. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think I've known Ryan probably the longest here. Yeah, um, we all. I mean, I know Rick as well. We all met through the Whitewater Cycling Club. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think how long I've known Ryan. I was a Two sophomore. Sophomore. You now I'm a super senior. To make me a junior, and and I'm
1: an alum.
0: Yeah,
3: Richard and I, I think we're about the same age. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I Think so. So I've been racing
1: for four years. If that helps. Yeah. So four years.
3: So I've known Ryan for four years because we got you into it, right? No. No.
1: I I went there and kind of jumped in with the guys. Oh, I was a triathlete first. There, all right. There we go. Now we lost a whole (laughs) bunch of
3: listeners.
0: (laughs) Um. Well, okay. Nothing wrong with triathletes. No, no hate there. But, um. Yeah, so Richard, like, what's your what's your background? Do you, I mean, obviously you ride bikes, like you've been racing a little
3: bit. everything, yeah. you know, like, kind of run us through that. Sure, I mean, um, you know, I hopped on my first bike. It was uh, my mom's old school Gary Fisher with cotton sidewalls. Ooh, nice. Uh, I grew up on a farm, so pulled that that thing down from the rafters and. Kind of jerry-rigged it, got it up and running, and was just going to ride down, like, the end of the block, and I think I ended up doing, like, 63 miles or something like that. on your first ride? Yeah. I was just addicted to it. I had, like, a Camelback backpack and, like, some board shorts and tennis shoes and just went riding. Holy crap, man. Uh, I rode from my folks' house out in Elkhorn all the way to East Troy, and then I think I rode down to, like, Palmyra, Myra or I've uh, Delavan and then like back home and remember I couldn't walk for like two or three days <laughs> and, like, and famished and yeah that night I was like mom dad I want I want a road bike you know I'm gonna spend my my money on a road bike you know nice. all the money work earned uh, working on a farm and they're like you can't No, until you've done something 12 times, it's not a habit, so you can't Uh do it. Uh That was
1: 21 times as a habit. Yeah, well, I
3: always went with 12, so... Rich Rich made it (laughs) 12 before he just went on and bought a bike. So so after, after like, three more rides in the Gary Fisher, I went and bought my first road bike. Nice, man. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, joined the Air Force shortly thereafter. Uh, Sadly, when I got to my... First, like duty station shipped a road bike down there and uh fedex put a forklift through it oh, oh. so that's like, only, that's like every traveling cycle <laughs> yeah. sniper. like you get your bike back and like something's just not right. well, the best part Ooh. so it, if you can imagine like a military training environment you know we're all getting yelled at, at the end of the end of the school day yeah. and we're like filing through this like processing line to get into our our, our barracks our dorm that we stayed in and you know, I very schemishly kind of like walked out of line and walked up behind like the drill sergeant and kind of like gave my little reporting procedure and completely botched his name. So super nervous, knowing like this probably isn't something legit. And I was like, hey, like, can I have a bike here? Mm-hmm. And uh, he just looks at me really quietly and doesn't say anything and just goes we'll talk about it later and I get about two more feet and he just goes yelled something to me and I came back later and long story short he let me have it but I had like hide it in my wall locker oh yeah so I have like this super small just dormitory closet and I had to like take off both wheels and like fold the thing upside down and make sure not to get any grease on my uniforms or anything and like shove it in this thing yeah yeah because I imagine like you know it, like they want you guys to be fit there you know like in the military it's like oh yeah this guy wants to do extra pt yeah like well who am i to stop him from doing that yeah they, they didn't like shun upon it or anything i just had to like make sure i had it stored in there but cool, yeah man. so when that showed up broken bought my first <laughs> endurance road bike a trek you know oh, being nice. from wisconsin had to had to get a trek go yeah you
0: got to represent wisconsin yeah
3: i was so dead set on it and where i was stationed was felt country oh um, california so uh well no it was in Texas but all oh, they sold in that area were felt bikes oh okay so I had to uh, take what was it it was like a hundred and sixty dollar taxi ride to Oklahoma to buy my <laughs> are first are you serious <laughs> to buy my first wait like one way or two ways uh might have been two ways um but yeah I did that you just rode my bike. first road bike wow. yeah <laughs> yeah right I remember showing up and the dudes like let's get you fitted and I was like what is what does this a fit like mean? I'm ready to go man you know just. Throw me some bottle cages and a <laughs> yeah, I got right back to base. <laughs> Barely made it back on time to get back to the unit, um, but then yeah, just fast forward uh, when I got back to college, just kind of ran into some things in life, and biking was a good way to get away from it, and just a good good change in pace, and slowly and surely found the cycling team. I guess apparently. They'd seen me, and they were trying to hunt me down, and one day i show up, and they're like, are you the kid wearing the, the Trek trek bike, or Trek, you know, uniform of the bike? And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, if, if you can imagine, uh, there
0: aren't a lot of cyclists on the UW-Whitewater campus. It's a relatively small <laughs> campus, so anytime we'd find somebody on a bike riding around, it was like our mission to, like, yeah. like get them in the Sticky club. Sticky their bike or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plant trackers and hunt them down. <laughs> but um, like, yeah. oh, funny funny story by the way. One time I was riding my bike and somebody started screaming at me, Bogstad. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's, that's how few of us there are on campus. Is that we're generally if you're a male of like five between five six and five ten, you're yelled somebody yells at you, Adam
1: Bogstad. <laughs> yeah, um, we we never had tall people. No.
0: No, we don't have we have it's zero Pete. tall cyclists. Pete, Pete Alex. Well guess, okay Pete but Pete yeah. left cycling for weightlifting and girls. So we're yeah, like this is I guess that, what does that say about our decision? <laughs> <situation? laughs>
1: so Richard, out of uh, all the years you've been uh biking, what has been your peak? What it was like the one thing you did on a bike where you're just like, yeah, that's it. That was the like, best thing I've ever done. Like like best moment on a bike. Like that's, I won downer. Yeah. Oh yeah. my
0: God. No, I. I, I
3: <laughs> I've got this one. This was actually uh pretty good, and, and despite our conversation earlier, uh the person in, in context helped me a lot. Uh, that year with training, it's probably the first year I like attempted to cut out alcohol from Monday to Thursday. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's then, a good one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it well trained pretty hard uh, mm-hmm. and made it to my first cross nationals. That's Oh, that's that? right. Yeah, I that's, about that's, that. That. Yeah. that's
0: pretty crazy. Like, not a lot of people can say, not many people at all can say that they've been a national championship. I mean,
3: so, I'll put it this way. Like, I technically got in on, like... Uh, a rule error so each club had is allowed one representative at nationals regardless of like team seating okay so it technically got in just because i had one mass start uh, but still like i'll take it <laughs> hey and, you got there
0: yeah. <laughs> <That doesn't matter. laughs> i didn't say like you trained your butt off and like you i mean you could have like just kept
1: drinking if you wanted to like right. would have been there regardless well it wasn't like you just showed up no though. Yep. You, you were training pretty hard like yeah. yeah you were going there to do well you know you were doing two races like twice a week right Something like that. I mean,
3: close to it. Damn near what I could. I was also a so, physics major at the time, so oh, like very little time for anything. Yeah, yeah for sure. But no, th- th- here's what I'll say this, this story is great because nobody will ever know how badly or poorly I did. Because all I can say is my last lap time was a minute 30 off. I think it was Logan Owen, so the guy who won who, won the race that year. Who
0: now races on a UCI Continental team.
3: Yep, yep, because super fast. So, with like two or three uh, laps left, minute 30 behind him, someone crashed into me and ripped my rear mech off.
1: Oh. So, I ran
3: my bike in the rest of the race, and I still got, I finished 54th out of the field, which okay. I'll still take. But I can, you know, have that whole like, well, what would have happened? What would have happened? Dude?
1: And
0: what would you would <laughs> have <laughs> the guy with the UCI yeah. contract. And then Logan, somebody slams into Logan, and all of a sudden you right, beat him, dude? and it's like,
1: wow, this guy beat Logan Owen. <laughs> <laughs> so nowadays, you uh, you started a company. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. that's why we have you here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, oh, I him? thought we had him here because he's our friend.
1: Well, you know. It's present and benefits.
3: <laughs> we talk about your company. Okay,
1: why don't you talk about your company?
3: Sure. Um, well, you know, we've got to give a, a little bit of Owens to to Rick here. Actually, um, a lot of this was from, you know, his just kind of brainchild idea. One day, we were out in Auburn, right? Training. Yeah, we
0: were we were riding down in the winter in
3: Alabama. Yeah, and Rick just one day is like, dude, you really think like Rafa kits are worth five hundred bucks, like. Mm-hmm and started talking about all of these dealings in China, and we kind of hashed out an idea with it, and it's just kind of grown into, I guess, what's now CritFit Army or CF Army, and, you know, I guess really just a lot of it's, you know, in college we all looked up to, like, Rafa and all these other guys, and we're like, man, it's so expensive, but it'd be so nice to have it, and, you know, we worked with a custom company, and we'd blow through the gear in, like, a year, and it just didn't last, so it kind of just turned into this little bit of a pursuit to... Find something good that was affordable and didn't look like a Pearl Izumi model. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah. I mean, we've we've all. I've I've gotten a chance to to ride the kit. I own one. Ryan, I just got bought one. You just bought one, Adam. I don't know if you got. I will ch- be. Adam will summer. be. Um, but no, I. I mean, I. I love my kit. Like I, I'm the kind of person that like I'm not super picky about what I ride, but when I, when i notice something good, like it sticks out. So like, yeah, I mean, that's a testament to how nice of a kid it is. I mean, we, we love it, not just because you're making it, but it's, it's seriously good yeah. stuff. Um, the designs are really cool too. Yeah. The designs are it, awesome. It, it really pops. And if you ever go out to any of the, <laughs> any of the, like the Wisconsin races, okay. even Midwest races, you're bound to see somebody wearing some of
3: the apparel. So there's a ton of people out there. You do like a brand ambassador program right now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we do that. So we try to get people in the community that are either just good spokesmen of the sport. That'll just be a good representation for the brand, whatever it is, and get them hooked up in some gear and mm. can get them out there. So okay, so here's a, here's a question. If you yeah. could uh, theoretically, if you could implement one change in cycling
0: apparel, like stylistically, and everybody would adopt it, no matter what it is, oh, a good people. answer. For well, this one. Okay, well, let Rich answer answer okay. first. Box that you can jump if you want. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my answer out here, I would I would go with that everybody was cool with not wearing sleeves because I don't like I don't like I didn't people. wear sleeves today. Okay, but like <laughs> well, it's like eighty degrees yeah, outside. Yeah, right. And you're not stylish, so <laughs> you know,
1: like it's just it's I didn't not, wear long socks either. I'm oh, okay. going for a tan this year. That's yeah,
0: but that's what I mean though. You know, you're riding around and it's like. Sometimes I just roll my sleeves up a little bit, but I don't want to roll up to a race with like you know being the guy that has like the, the sleeveless jersey. I know that was kind of like a Chipolini thing back in the day, but uh, anyway, that's my answer. I wish
3: sleeveless jerseys worked. They don't, so I get
0: it. I got but, an
1: answer for you. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Rich, you go, Rich you go first.
3: So I mean, it. Uh, I'll answer this in a few different ways. Like obviously, our new our new kits, uh, which like you got one in front of you, Rick. Like mm-hmm. the sleeves go pretty much all the way down to like your mm-hmm. elbow. Mm-hmm. Partially because I guess in my opinion, like half the reason you wear lycra in bike racing is if you crash, it's gonna take a lot of that abrasion off the road for you. So if we can kind of cover a little bit more of that skin, it's gonna give you a little bit more of that support and comfort. Plus, I also really hate jerseys that have sleeves that mm-hmm. end up just riding into your armpit anyways. They kinda chase yeah. your like, armpit after a while. Annoying. Yeah, yeah. So let's get more surface area, you can pull down in the skin more. In turn you don't have to have as much um silicone stretching mm. on, on the elastic on the end of the sleeves so that'd be as tight then but what i will say to ryan's point and i think it's a detriment to pete and why he left cycling tan lines are only cool to cyclists yeah i never everybody else you talk to would be like wow like you were really pasty under your shorts and i don't know if you've ever <laughs> been in that situation your friend's like dude it's 90 degrees out like i live in milwaukee let's go to the lake Ooh, uh, you know what i have something coming on oh come on rich not like I will literally melt someone's eyes if I take my shirt off yeah. right now. What do you what are you talking about? Well, I'm tan all the way down to the arms, but that under undercore, pale. It's like a <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like a badge of honor. Like, oh yeah, I've been
0: putting in some serious smiles and I've known people that seriously will wear the same style of kit because they wanna like cement those tan lines in. And they just mm-hmm. wanna look
3: as legit as possible. Yeah, I mean it, it definitely shows dedication, if you will, to it, but I'll say for like well, your average I can average be dedicated cyclist. and not have tan lines, though. <laughs> I, I mean, absolutely. I was, I was just yeah. saying, like your average cyclist, you know. I, I don't know. I was very I conscious agree. of my tan lines last year and in other social networks as okay. I try to expand in life. Yeah. So yeah. here, here
1: <laughs> as we move outside of just biking. <laughs> yes. This is what I'm changing this year. Right. I am breaking the social norm. Oh, you're
0: so! Not only are you, you're, you're putting this oh, yeah. theory into practice. So
1: I have uh, a theory, okay, that. For hardcore training, you know, you wear your gear, whatever that you need to, whatever. Mm-hmm. For your recovery rides, everything's fair game. I'm wearing short socks. Um, I'm thinking about going shirtless. So I've seen this before. I, this is a thing. I've mm-hmm. seen this before that uh, some pros have done. Tuck your bibs into your, uh, like, the waistband area. Go okay. shirtless. Okay. I
0: kind of, sometimes I like... Uh you know, you gotta break the norms to make new trends, right? I don't know how that's gonna pan out I'm for you. I'm gonna start doing that.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna start doing that. I'm going tuck my, uh, my, the over, overall part. Yep, yep. The straps, I'm gonna tuck those into the waistline, right around shirtless. I don't think, tan.
0: just based on Adam's
3: reaction in the back, I, I don't think he's down with it. Oh my
0: You're
1: gonna become the tannest guy so around. I, yeah.
3: I will say this much when I was in Texas, in the Air Force and riding around. Uh-huh. I did that one time. I like shoved my jersey in like my bib straps and like, folded it all in and went down. Uh-huh. It was amazing. And then I realized, if I hit the deck, this is gonna suck.
1: You're <laughs> yeah. already wearing like spandex. It's not gonna make a difference. It makes a little yeah. bit of a difference. Okay, but so. if you're going 15 miles per hour on your recovery ride, is it really gonna hurt that bad? <clears throat> no. I've, cr- I've crashed before at 26 miles per hour and I can take fifty. Yeah, well, miles that's
2: because you're wearing a jersey, you know. I, but, well, it's still got the bibs. <laughs>
1: Otherwise, you know, it's a, it's a scar. I don't know. When, Ladies like it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. Uh, when I was
0: when I just started racing a couple of years ago, um, there was a kid that I went to high school with, and um, I I knew well Adam and I we both went to the same high school actually. Um, his name was Bill Mulligan, and. I kind of, like, never, I never saw him really after high school until I started racing bikes again, and I was like, oh, Bill's, like, an elite Cat 1 cyclist,
1: like, when did that happen?
0: Which is pretty sweet, but it was always so funny, though, because, like, Bill just didn't seem like he ever really cared, like, he would typically not wear socks during races, like, I saw a lot of times he wouldn't wear socks, like, he pretty, I don't know, every time I saw him, like, he never was matching his kit, like. It was just very like funny to see like a like a very elite cyclist that like just didn't care. Yeah, just
2: he cared enough to the point where he gets to the starting line. Yeah, and he's super.
1: He's still he's like uh, um, living out in California now. I thought he was in England. I thought he was going to grad school. No, he's back. He's in. Um, He's living in like San Francisco. I don't know. He trains like crazy. Does he? I hope he does. Yeah, he's
0: a he's a he's a good kid. But um, there was one time I remember I was riding with him. This was a long time ago. Him, his brother. And then two of our other friends, we're actually mountain biking and he shows up, he shows up on his road bike. He rode there on his road bike and he's like, I don't have like, I don't have any shoes to use on these mountain bikes because we didn't have any flat pedals and we couldn't put his road pedals on the mountain bike. So I took off my sandals and I I made him put his feet in my sandals and we duct
1: taped his feet onto the mountain bike (laughs) and that worked. Okay. So we're at twenty five minutes right now. Okay, we're about halfway. Yeah, got a few other topics. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll start
0: roll. rolling through topics faster. All right. So uh, the next Help one. Director. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> the next Warm. one I was gonna bring up because I'm, uh, I'm trying, I'm guinea pigging myself. I'm okay. testing out a few different things. So uh, on based on nutrition. Okay. So this, uh, so I'm trying to lose like I'm trying to get down to one hundred forty five pounds. Okay.
0: Okay. I was and that's light for you. That's yeah. That's like that's, um, I'm. A, I that's was like
1: 155 uh, before I started. I'm at like 152 now. Okay. So, I was originally just doing like basically uh, ketosis. Basically, what is it? Is that? What oh, that's
0: like where you eat no carbs. Yeah, I was just.
1: I was just. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was doing like in ketosis, but I would say I was really limiting carbs. Okay. Um. And I've. I've that's how I've lost weight so far. But then I uh, just listened to. Um, joe rogan podcast where he uh-huh. had a um a sur- a, he, he's a surgeon but now he's looking into yeah. the study of longevity of life oh peter atia yes yeah, that was the guest i listened to that yes. one too so okay. um peter atia just a quick background he is he used to be a competitive cyclist um he did multiple 12-hour swims yeah, he was a huge like like Open endurance water swimmer. Stands. Yeah, which is kind of crazy, and uh, and he kind of
0: he's been like a four a forerunner in like the I don't know science of low carb athletes.
1: And then uh, he became a surgeon, and then he also holds the hundred mile American record for running. He does? No, he yes, doesn't. That's Zach Better. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wrong one, then.
0: Another guest on the Joe Rogan podcast. But uh, <laughs>
1: one thing that he does now is doesn't life sometimes just seem like <laughs> one continuous string of Joe Rogan podcasts? Yes. But right now, what he does, and he's been doing this for like four years now, he only he eats all his calories for the day in one meal, huh. and then he fasts for like twenty to twenty-four hours a day. And um, he did a whole research thing um, on, I think they did it on monkeys, mm-hmm. on the longevity, how, uh, f- like, fasting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Adam is cracking up right
0: now. <laughs> All right, so this is where we started. Hey, this is Ryan explaining to us his training, his new diet regimen for his training, which is focused on feeding monkeys once a day. And this is going to make him a faster cyclist.
1: Okay, so basically... The, you can just get to the point, Ryan. Okay, what you basically, doing? it showed that um, fasting for long periods of time is very healthy for you and it's a very good way to lose weight as well because the fa- you just feed on your fat.
0: Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to eat
1: zero carbs and one meal a day to lose weight. Yeah, but so, I'm still going to be, I'm going to try to eat still, like, 25,000, 3,000 calories. I'm just going to try doing it in so, one meal. So, would you
2: eat it four hours before your ride?
1: Uh, yeah. So, I'm going to limit to, I'm going to start off with a four-hour window. Okay. So, like, from, like, 8 to noon. Mm-hmm. So, I'll do, uh, like, a breakfast and a lunch. Yeah. And then, like, nothing else until breakfast the next day. Like, so, today, I started, um, I had breakfast. Okay. And then, before I went on a ride, I had Two uh, Girl Scout cookies. Oh, wow. You're so healthy, Ryan. That's like 200 <laughs> calories right there. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Two Girl Scout cookies is one serving. It's 120 calories, 12 grams of sugar. Uh, <laughs> all right. So
0: <laughs> interesting idea. Uh, th- this is my take on your diet, Ryan. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see if it works for you. I hope it doesn't work because I don't want to feel like I should try that. But I feel fine. fine. I, but I don't see. Here's the thing, though, like with cycling. Day one. Yeah, day <laughs> one, right? <laughs> exactly. Like it's such a glycolytic sport. Like you burn so much sugar when you train unless you're doing like so like a lot of people, they'll do really long endurance events like these ultra marathon athletes and like ultra cyclists where they're literally like operating at like a very low level and they can just burn like fat their fat stores all day. Well, like, for the
1: kind of racing and training that we do, like, we burn
0: a lot of sugar.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to – that's a, the next part is okay. I will um, take in, like, a protein drink after a really hard workout to just uh, yep. replenish, like, my glycogen stores so, and prob- just put a little protein in. You need carbs to really replenish your glycogen stores. Yeah, it's there's there's carbs in the. Oh, okay, those carbs drinks. and protein. Okay. Yeah, there's, like, um, like, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of yeah, carbs, protein.
0: That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, so let's go around
2: the table. Uh, Adam, do you think it's going to work? Yeah, no. I, <laughs> I really don't. No? Okay. Because I've been, I've hung out with him enough at 9 o'clock at night where he's like, man, let's go get a pizza. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll go get a pizza. So our willpower is going to be the right, like, Right, it's going to be the issue of when he gets bored sitting at his apartment at 9 o'clock. And he may not actually be hungry, yeah. but it's the whole idea of you're just sitting there bored and it's just like, Board eating is a real thing. I really like sure. some Sam's Club pizza. I want to put stuff in my mouth Ooh. and chew. <laughs> Sam's Club
3: pizza. All right, Rich, what do you think? Is this going to work for Ryan? Man, I don't know. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Ryan. Because if, yeah. if someone was to tell me I was going to do this, I would look at him and be like... that's Okay, that, that's kind of my thought too. Like, I feel like for most people,
0: these like weird dietary interventions, they don't work. Adam, Adam's you leaving. Out? Okay. I'm gonna leave soon. Adam, say soon. bye to the podcast. I'm not yet. I'm not oh, okay. Yet. Never mind. Wait. I want to get
2: through one more time. I'll hold on,
0: that. So Ryan's the kind of person though where, like, he'll do these weird diets and they'll work for him. Like, I don't know why, but they just whatever they work yeah. for. him. So Dedication, yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess the, the 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 consensus mm-hmm. is Ryan. Uh, we think you're probably gonna be able to do this. We're yeah. Excited,
1: yeah. excited to see the results. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next one. All right. Next oh, topic. Oh. Oh, <laughs> there I okay so I found uh, last week, so we were kind of talking about this before the difference between an indoor trainer wor- uh trainer road workout, uh-huh. and like an outdoor workout slash race type thing. Okay, the one thing I found is, uh, like doing those really high intensity type intervals that re- are required for like races. Uh-huh. but then uh, so I did last week. I did. It, uh, like whitewater intervals out at the w- lake. Yeah. Five-minute interval. And uh, I f- could tell I was putting out a lot more power than I do on, like, the trainer, and that's why I was doing it. Uh-huh. But then that, like, killed my training for, like, the next three days on the trainer just because I could not do, like, that contained stuff. And the, But then I was finding that, like, if I just do stuff on the trainer – I can't really do that like higher intensity stuff because it kind of limits mm. it to like 100, 25, 150%. But then if I do those outdoor workouts, that just kills like my indoor training for a few days. Yeah, are you like, doing, are you oh, doing? Oh sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say like, how
3: many outside parameters do you have? You know, like, yeah, if you go outside and you ride, you know, it's no longer just A, a variable affecting your wattage. You know, you've got A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rolling resistance. You've got inertia, forward progression. I mean, and that's like, like the whole whole your point. Your muscles aren't like not adapted to riding outside.
0: And that, that's
1: um, that's my whole point of doing that is I want to get adapted to like more like race, you know, scenario. Actual do you, do riding. Yeah. Actual do ride. you do you
0: still do much like like sweet spot work on the trainer?
1: Not much anymore. Not much. I, I moved on to my so, build phase, which is going to be more just high intensity.
0: Yeah. I mean, my my opinion is like, you're doing a lot of sweet spot work in the winter, right? Yeah. I, so I think that's like a pretty good way, especially if you don't have a ton of time and it's like Wisconsin here. So we're, we're cold in the winter. Um it's a good way to like drive your fitness up before you start to get outside riding and like do some races but uh, in my opinion like once race season rolls around I think it's basically like you either do any kind of intensity or race like effort and then everything else you're doing is just super easy rides like zone 2 you know going out for a couple hours you are so loud <laughs> Adam God. Adams, we're trying to record a podcast. I'm sorry. Are you coming or going? I'm staying. I'm staying. All right, good. We want you to stay, but just be freaking quiet. Um, yeah, that's. Um, I I think like yeah, I think for you like you know like if you're trying to do three intense workouts a week, like you gotta just space them, and then any other riding is just super super easy. It could be long, but like, like painfully easy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's going That's what I found. I. I'm the kind of like I don't know if you guys feel the same way too, but like I can't train into like racing shape. I have to start racing to like really get yeah. in shape. Like, I did two races the last two weekends, and like they just they just kicked my ass because like the
3: the demands are so unique to racing. So like, a little to your point, like <clears throat> I remember, I always remember this race because it was the first crit when I was racing. I make it the. C's or B's in college? B's. B's. It was my first B race crit that I Mm -hmm. made it all the way to the end, like actually finished the whole thing. Yeah. And the reason that stuck out in my mind was because even though I had the obviously had the fitness to do it, that entire season couldn't finish one. And for whatever reason, that one was the one that stuck. And it it dawned on me that it's more of a mental issue. So, like, yeah, when you get caught in that yo-yo, that yo-yo, you start to doubt Mm -hmm. things. You start to put that that self-doubt in your mind, Mm -hmm. which is, like, 70% of – bike racing yeah a lot Whereas of it is like, like once you attain once you that you just have so much more quote unquote fitness to it so like to your point I would mm-hmm. agree that the more and more you actually go and race you gain that that mental tact which in turn turns into some kind of subconscious fitness yeah. yeah you're just okay with like putting yourself in the box for
0: like however long yeah like I I mean I'll go out and I'll do intervals and I you know I use power but I think heart rate is also like a pretty good indicator of how like physiologically taxing a session is and, like, you know, the highest my heart rate will get for some intervals is, like, you know, up into, like, the 180s if I'm doing, like, some pretty intense intervals. Because, you know, they're intervals. They stop eventually. But, like, I did a race this weekend, and I was just looking at, like, my, my heart rate afterwards. And, like, it was pegged at, like, 180 for the entire race. Like, 50 mm-hmm. minutes. It was a 50-minute crit. It was pegged.
2: Yeah. And, you – I mean, there is some adrenaline that associates with that, oh, too, yeah. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I did notice, the whole mental thing is when I raced to America's Dairyland, the first few races – there's a set amount of time where people at the front just hammer, at least this was for four or five, where they just Mm. hammer and hammer and hammer. And I would find myself falling off the back, falling off the back maybe like 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the race. And finally I just stuck with it. And then within two minutes after where I'd been getting dropped, the pace drops by like one to two miles an hour. Mm. And it's one of those things where, if you would just stick with it and, you know, say, hey, I'm going to do this and try and try and hold on, you would find that you could last the whole race. And that's something I found with Toad and maybe, I don't know how this translates to other series and stuff, but...
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's that's really, like, a lot of racing is you, you psych yourself out and you feel like you're the only one experiencing, like, that high level of pain. And the second that you can, like... Kind of internalize that, like, if you're hurting, everybody else is hurting, and like everybody can only hurt for so long. Like, that's when, like, it kind of like the switch flips and you're okay with it. You're right. Like, it's like, okay, like, uh, this is gonna last five minutes and I'm gonna like destroy myself, and after that, like,
1: pace is gonna go down. Right. It's got to. And you know what we never asked? Oh, jumping back. Jumping back. Adam, <laughs> Adam, I'm gonna throw the same question to you as I did to Richard. You, yeah, what's up? Uh, peak? Of uh, yeah. your like old best old Best, old best old moment old on the bike. What's the best moment?
2: Definitely getting ready for a winter ride. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i um, Okay, so I've never been a very good racer. Don't uh, say that at no, all. Not was, true. There was a race up in Nina where no. I would, I tail tail, gun, tail I don't know what's yeah, the right word. Right. word. Tailgun the whole race, and with two laps left, there was a crash in the backpack. And I got stuck like, you can't get a free lap that far into the race. So I get stuck like 10 seconds off the back. And I was I had felt the best I'd ever felt in my life in a race. I was like, if this crash didn't happen, I was going to try and just overtake the pack. But I, I fall off the back. So I'm like sprinting for, you know, three-fourths of a lap to catch the group. I catch the group, and then all chaos just happens. Like, Ryan takes off with one lap to go off the front, and then... The whole, I don't know how to, ex- it's just, everyone was jumbled everywhere. Anyways, in the last two turns, I caught everyone on the team and beat everyone and got the only points that the people on the Whitewater team got. So I was pretty <laughs> excited about that race. Nice. Yeah, like I said, I've, yeah. it was cool. It was really funny to just, like, like, zoom by everyone. Because they were, like, pulling the entire race, and I was just a scum sitting <laughs> on the back of the pack. <laughs> Did you have the little chuckle across the finish
1: line? Yeah, <laughs> no, he did. He passed yeah. us. He passed us and just goes. <laughs> oh,
2: but that's, yeah. That, that's the that, best. That, that it was that was really that was funny. But I was I was mad that the crash happened because I felt like I would have done a lot. I think I ended up getting twelfth, but I thought it maybe it was twelfth or eighteenth. But I would have <laughs> well, um, I, I think it was twelfth, but either way, um, I felt like I would have placed a lot better in that race had that crash not happened. So, yeah, that, that was probably the peak of my racing mm-hmm. career. Now I just drink, and it's, <laughs> it's not healthy for JFR. racing. Yeah, yeah, JFR, yeah, that's JFR. right. Um, <laughs> well, are, are you going to do any
0: racing this year, Adam, do
2: you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, especially if I'm not working somewhere, I'm going to work the Toad Series at Intelli, and I'm just going to race. You yeah. know, I don't see why I wouldn't do that. I mean, I've been riding just about every day. Granted, it's only 20 to 25 miles, but um, hopefully I do all right. I can... It, I can at least do the Cat 5 races, you know, since I'm still Cat 5. That's <laughs> right. Cat 5 <laughs> world that's, champions. That's right. That's so, awesome, man.
1: My so. dad's going to race that. Uh, all right. We'll yeah.
2: hope the showdown begins. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for just, like, nudging him. Like, right. He's going to be like, who are you? Like, <laughs> oh, I can You're going to nudge him. He's just going to push you over.
0: So, <laughs> so, so like, ah, uh, there's... People take bike racing, like, very seriously, which I get. Like, I, I sometimes take it seriously, too. But, like, the most fun you can have at a race is just screwing around with, you, with your friends. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ryan and I were at crit, and, like, neither of us were, like, going for the We weren't in position for the win, but I, I managed – I might have brought this up on the podcast. I managed to, uh, like, like, sprint and slowly pass Ryan as he was fading, and I just – uh, in that moment, like I could have like buckled down and maybe done like one or two spots better, but like everything with everything inside me, I just had to look back and smile at Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. okay, Ryan, I've uh, that's like the only <laughs> only race I've ever beat Ryan in straight up where we weren't racing together. So it was a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to let this soak
1: in for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan's <laughs> hurting over there. I um, should ask for a category down to go to five so I can raise it back. Oh, I would so love for you, for you to raise five. Down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'll see you guys bye, later. Adam, bye. say
2: bye to the podcast. See you guys. Nice chatting with you. Um, Hope you guys have a nice day. That's Adam <laughs> Bogstead, <at>, everybody. The <laughs>
0: famous, the infamous, uh, dog the greatest. Dogsted. Dogsted. Um
2: I'll call you afterwards, Ryan. Okay. Bye, bye Adam. Buddy
1: okay alright uh, we got there, well, any other uh, topics that we want I was going to gonna say we got time for about one more topic I was actually
3: going on this whole thing because I've been thinking about it like your comment I used to train off heart rate exclusively mm-hmm. and for two or three years now I've been, been on power and although I thoroughly enjoy power like I have a really jacked up heart I have a max heart rate of 215 it's well, so, like I have a super high heart rate so like for me it, like I don't know heart rates always seemed a little more true to form like I can perform better when I look at my heart rate versus like power output But the thing that came up to me the other day training was, like, TSS, total stress score. Yes, And, like, do people and can you race on that? So if you know, do an FTP test and know your TSS with that, can you effectively use that as your matchbook and know how many matches you're burning in a
1: race and how much you can hold on to? So when I had one of my most successful seasons, uh, what I did was I trained off heart rate. And when I was training, uh, I I had, like... I, my max heart rate is about 195, give or take, you know? Um, and so if I was doing, like, a 15-minute interval, I would say, okay, I'm going to start at 160, and I'm going to end it at 170, and I would just sit in there, you know? And if I went over that, I would kind of back off a little bit. And then, you know, so I knew if I started at 160, I would end at 170. And if I was doing, like, a 5-minute workout, I'd start at, like, 175, end at 185. And I think that uh, you know, people people always say like you know heart rate, you shouldn't train by it, but I think that you kind of get a sense of, you know w- w- when my body responds like this, I can still perform like this or you get you, you get mm-hmm. you know used to performing when you know that your body is being pushed really far and you're not looking at that number that like a power meter gives you. Yeah,
0: I, I've got kind of two points on this. so, yeah with heart rate you actually can like say you have training peaks or strava um you can just use heart rate based off your funk, like your threshold heart rate or your your max heart rate like you can just plug your files in and they'll give you like a tss score um for racing it's a little bit hard because like especially if it's a hard race you just you basically peg your heart rate at max from like mm-hmm. the first 10 minutes and it kind of stays there or like mm-hmm. stays up there but um yeah, I have been using power for a couple of years, and my thoughts on on heart rate. It, heart rate kind of gets a bad rap because of power meters now, but you know it's it's a more physiological response of the body. So I start to think about it where I go out to ride, and there's things that can influence heart rate. But you know I might be able to push the power, but like some days I'll go ride and like I just can't elevate my heart rate. And a lot of a lot of uh, uh, great you know coaches or or other other sources they might say well you can still push the power you should still train but i i guess the more i ride the more i, I more care about like maintaining maintaining the proper balance of like rest and recovery so i kind of think that like if you go by heart rate uh, i think you're more likely to not get over trained and be able to like and i per- think we're
1: we're not saying that everybody should just go back to heart rate
0: no everybody's different i i personally like using heart rate and power and mm-hmm. just seeing like you know, like, some days I'll go out and my heart rate's fine and I can't push the pedals. And so it's like, okay, like, um, my, my muscles are too sore, I can't train. And other times, like I just said, vice versa, like, I can push the power, but, like, my heart rate just won't get up. And it's kind of like, all right, maybe I had, like, a rough day at work or maybe I'm just really tired, but maybe I should be training today. Maybe yeah. I should just take it easy.
1: If I'm doing my indoor rides, I don't even wear heart rate monitor anymore. Yeah. But uh, when I do, like, uh, outdoor rides, like, when I'm when I'm sprinting, like, there's not even a point to having a power meter because if I'm doing 15, 20 sprints, I'm doing those as hard as yeah, I can. There's, yeah, you can track it. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, if you... You can max it out on your first one, but how long can you maintain as hard as you can? Because And then it kind of simulates in a crit race. You're not going to... In a crit race, you're not going to be like, well, I'm going to do 700 watts around every corner. No, it's going to it's gonna fluctuate. you you got to be able to put out all of a sudden your max power and then be able to continually do that
0: yeah i if i was ever coaching somebody like and i'm in no way a coach but uh if say they're maybe like a, uh, getting into cycling like very like recreational wanting to race i don't think i would give them a power meter for like two maybe three years i would say if you do intervals do them on feel if you don't feel like training go home I like that because I think sometimes people just get and I, I only say this because it happened to me, I get so wrapped up into like what's happening with my power meter that I forget to just like listen to what's going on in
3: my body. Data paralysis. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's not sometimes it can be an awesome thing and sometimes it gets you some trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point of the heart rate monitor, going back to Ryan's whole thing about riding like half naked on the bike. Um, chicks do dig a half-naked man with a heart rate monitor. There you go. It lo- when makes you look fit. So right? when I was like a freshman in college and I was all, you know, like I'm gonna pick up every girl on the yeah. block, right? Like I would run through campus mid-peak day, hot and sweaty, some short shorts with a power meter or a heart rate <laughs> monitor. Running with a power meter <laughs> <laughs> strapped to your chest. Double-sided yeah. crane <laughs> car.
0: Oh my God. What is that? Oh, it's the power meter. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Heart rate monitor and dude, chicks would be like, Hot. oh mm-hmm. geez you guys can start going to the bars and like maybe like wear a little button-down shirt and like you have mm-hmm. the have the heart rate monitor on do it yeah maybe just
3: it. put a little like bleeping dot in there like there you go yeah what, what is that what's your chest beeping it tells me my heart rate's increasing <laughs> oh really is it yeah <laughs> girl <laughs> think just, about that girl i just got done doing it could be a new triathlon. way to pick up <laughs> new way to pick up chicks man <laughs>
1: that's true girls like fit guys yeah so i hear all right on that note, <laughs> <laughs> that that is it for the the show today that flew by guys. that was fast (laughs) bike race weekly thank you richard you want to plug your stuff
3: yeah you get a a one minute plug i get a one minute plug i I don't know check out check out uh critfitarmy.com uh leave us a review let us know how you like it shoot us a message anything you want on social media good bad anything and what
0: are you different what are your social media handles Griffith Army. Griffith Army. Criffid Facebook,
3: Army. Instagram. We Facebook, will, Instagram. We'll I have a Twitter.
1: A I don't really use Twitter. I don't know. We'll put but a link yep. to all the social media in the uh, description. And
0: so Keep check it, that out yeah. below. Be on the lookout for our social media as well too. Ryan, we really need to get a Facebook yep. page, by we're going we to we'll get a Facebook and we should get
3: a SoundCloud too. Um, that would be a good idea. We could Do, do
0: we that. have YouTube?
1: Uh yeah. Can we call that a YouTube page? Yeah, we can, we can put we it sub, on
0: YouTube.
3: Okay, should we?
1: We'll, we'll, we have, we we have can, the race?
0: Yeah. We'll start, like, we'll probably start videotaping some of these as you well. Could, I mean,
3: I think that's what that little disco yeah. ball yeah. thing is up there. We're
0: gonna, yeah, we're still figuring everything out, but yeah, it's so, growing. And you get, like, props and antics in the background. We can start watching too? stuff, yeah. too. Yeah, really make an experience. So and, and you could monetize it all, then, too. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, we're, we're totally into making money out of it. We're getting rich.
1: We're at the millions <laughs> of downloads.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, if you guys want to send us money, we're cool with that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do that because we haven't given any information. But uh, Rick's address? Nope, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, cool. So uh, there's some stuff for y'all to, to go follow with Rich. Uh, oh, before we forget, um, social media follow recommendation. Oh, that's right. I had that's a good one th- this
1: week. That's right. Okay. Um, this week, uh, because Sea Otter Classic happened this weekend. Okay. Um, Kate Courtney, the American National Champion Mountain Bike Racer. Okay. She took second place in the XC um, race at Seattle, only to lose to um, uh, Lang- Langbad. Uh, A- Annika Langbad. Annika Langbad. Current world champion. Right. I'm calling it right now. Kate Courtney is going to be the next big thing in mountain biking. The next like global big thing. Global big thing. Global. She was she was our, I believe she was already the U twenty three world champion. I believe she's the national champion. She's the national champion, and I believe she's the U twenty three world champion. But you won't see her wear the stripes because she races elite now. Okay. So she, I believe she won last year, and now she's racing elite. Is she the girl who came out of Nike. Uh, no, she did? No, no, I think did no. she didn't. Okay. Uh, no, she didn't. Okay. Maybe she did. <clears throat> uh, I, I think Nika
3: posted something about
0: from, her.
1: She's from California, I think. Well, yeah, not a yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: national,
2: yeah. not it, not it, Wisconsin. Yeah. It, it's really
0: funny you say that, and sometimes I think my iPhone is listening because I just because I haven't thought about this question until like I just brought it up, but literally pulled up Instagram. First thing that was in the search was Kate Courtney. Uh, her handle is Kate plus
3: fate. K plus fake. All one word, all underscore.
1: She's got a really
3: good Instagram.
0: It is a pretty cool Instagram. She definitely is savvy with the Mm -hmm. social medias. Yeah.
3: Athletes have to be this year. Yeah. This this day and age, man.
1: She's really good with it. She she does constantly Do you guys do a
3: plug for good articles to read? Mm, No. We've just been doing social media. So there was a good one. Cycling Tips posted it, and it was talking about Peter Sagan and his last social media post he put. It generated $30,000 in revenue for specialized bikes. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about how... Not only do athletes have to be good athletes, but they have to be good influencers too. And they have to start understanding that aspect or they themselves are gonna be without a job. Yeah, And there's an interesting feed and take on it and their whole kind of thing too is like, you don't necessarily have to be a Peter Sagan superstar to be a successful athlete anymore. But yeah,
0: like a Phil Diamond. Yeah, I mean, he is really fast though. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I agree. He's making a living out of, I mean, he's not, I don't really know how Phil makes a living, but he's doing it. He's Sponsored. doing it. Sponsors, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, my social media shout out, Ryan. Since you want to keep us on mountain bikes, um, I'm gonna throw it over to uh, another very strong mountain biker in the U.S., Howard Grotz. Um, he is the current national champion, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I saw him um, at uh, Sea Otter. Super, yeah, super, super well. fast. Well. Yeah, he's he's a, a pretty young guy on the bike, but um. Yeah, he's uh I don't know, he's doing all kinds of races. He does some of the World Cups for the the US team. Um, yeah, that's my follow. He's got some pretty cool posts in there. All and right. he I think he was just doing the, the whiskey off road race or or he might have been at Seattle too. I think he was doing both. Um, and that is just Howard Graz, G R O T T S. Rich, do you like anybody on social media that you want our listeners to follow?
3: Uh, clearly, on, clearly, clearly uh, says at Criffid Army. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Uh, link uh, in description. Yeah, link in description. <laughs> yeah. Army, duh. Obviously. Right. Um, Thanks, Richard,
1: for yeah. coming by. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This was Bike Race Weekly. We'll probably have another episode up next week. We're running out of space on our hosting website. Oh, so boy. Okay. We'll see. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. See ya.